Welcome to What's the Difference? Stories about lives changed because you made a difference. Brought to you by The Mount Church. Here's your host, Pastor Andrew Segree. Hey, welcome to the second episode of What's the Difference? This, this series was created because we wanted to simply ask people, what's the difference that Jesus has made in their life? So every single episode, we're going to interview everyday people just like you, just like me, and we're going to ask them the question, what's the difference? Because Jesus is still making a difference in people's lives every single day. So for the second episode, we are so honored to have two very special guests. And for those of you who are familiar with The Mount, our church here in Virginia, for those of you familiar with the church, you may recognize one of our guests, and the other one, you may have heard her name before, but I'm so glad that we get to actually hear more from her today as well. So would you join me in welcoming to the second episode of What's the Difference, the Gastons. Welcome, Gastons. The Gastons, yeah. Yes. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> it's so good to have you guys here today. And um, I just, we just want to take a moment and just uh, hear some more of your story. Um, so I'm so glad that my pastor, uh, my bishop, my <laughs> rabbi, <laughs> what else did you want me to call you? Um, is, is all this episode today. So Pastor Todd, so glad to have you here. Um, and then Pam, so glad to have you here as well. And I thought it'd be so good just for everyone just to kind of hear you guys' story. And I know that, you know, we hear it sometimes on Sunday morning, just hearing the background about where you're from and then even how you originally met. So Pam, I thought we'd start with you. Where are you from originally? Um, and then what kind of led to you actually meeting Todd Gaston one day? So where are you from? A little bit about your background. And then when, your, when did your path first cross with Todd Gaston? Okay. Uh, so I am from Irving, Texas, which is right outside of Dallas. And it's the home of, well, it used to be the home of the Dallas Cowboys. Right? The Irving Cowboys. Yes, the Irving Cowboys. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, so Todd and I first met working a summer camp for children. And the kids would come every week or two weeks. And um, so it was right before my last semester of college, and he still had two years left. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. I don't, yeah. What were your first impressions when you saw him? Uh, nice head of hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Looked like Zach Morris off Saved by the Bell. Yep. The kids all did call him that, yes, for sure. And I wasn't a big Saved by the Bell watcher, but I did see an episode or two to kind of figure out what they were all saying. Yeah, I thought yeah. he was a pretty cute guy. Yeah. Hey, yeah. side note, I've never seen the episode of Saved by the Bell, so oh. I have no idea. I mean, I've heard of these people. but That means you're so it. young, Andrew. Yeah, what, are you 40 now? Hey, 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 hey. We're not talking about me on this, okay? Sounds like you should have done your research on that one for the show, huh? <laughs> hey, but, uh, but Todd, what about you? Like, where are you from originally? And then what's a bit, a bit of your background that led up to you? Me and Pam. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was uh, born and raised right there in Irving, Texas uh, as well. Um, we grew up right there, went to high school, actually two different high schools. She grew up on the north side of the tracks. I'm on the south end of Irving, on the south end of the tracks. Uh, and after I graduated from Nimitz, I went off to Stephen F. Austin State University, Axum Jacks. 
And uh, as we met that summer, uh, we were both camp counselors. Uh, she was graduating from Texas A&M, that little junior college there in <laughs> College Station. And, uh, and so, you know, obviously uh, the, the joke is, as we tell our kids, we were both dating other people when we met. And so that summer, uh, I had a girlfriend back at school. She had a boyfriend back at school. But... <laughs> The rest is history. <laughs> All right, so you guys um, first start dating, right? Um, and then how long did you date before you ended up getting engaged? How long was that dating relationship? Um, we dated for a year, uh-huh. and then we were engaged for a year okay. before we got married. Yeah. So two years dating together, but one year of engagement. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then what what was it like dating? Like, I mean, what did you guys do for fun back then when you were dating? <laughs> Back then, like they were yeah, so much yeah. older. I mean, what was it nineteen twenty what? What year was that? Uh, we met in nineteen ninety. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, excitement was you go to dinner or you go to a movie. Mm-hmm. There wasn't much. Our, our to first do. date was at Chili's, yeah, uh, right there in Irving, and then uh, obviously went to go see a movie, uh, Die Hard Two. Wow, come on, <laughs> that was prophetic. Yeah. Die Harder. That's right, and uh, with Bruce Willis, wow. and uh, so yeah, those were kind of those dates in Irving. Not a lot of things to do there, but yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. We actually, uh, we dated long distance. That was kind of the, the beginning. Uh, we met that summer. I went back to school. Uh, she went back to school. And then she graduated, and I still had another uh, year of college. So uh, we kind of had this long distance um, kind of courtship, if you will. Uh, this was pre-cell phone, so we did a lot of letter writing. Uh-huh. And then we also talked on these uh cards. I had a phone card and I'd call her on Sunday evening (laughs) so we could talk and try to get on that phone call. But it was obviously paying long distance as we did it. But uh, so it was a lot of kind of getting to know each other from afar, which actually I think was better for us because it forced us to really pursue each other in that relationship. Yeah, that's good. So would would you add that too? No, that's that's very true. I had to pay for my own phone bill. So I knew I could talk to him for 30 minutes once a week. That's what I could afford. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And I still have that shoebox full of letters that we wrote one another back and forth, that kind of thing. So it was kind of one of those stages, too. So you kind of really leaned into the pursuit. Yeah, that's really good, guys. You guys pull those letters out. We read them to each other from time to time at all. I have not revisited them in a while. I probably need to go revisit them. Yeah, that's good, guys. That's really good. So, okay, so you dated for, uh, you said about two years. Is that right? About two years. And then what was it for each of you where, you know, you said, you know, he pops the question one day, but what, what was it where you knew and you knew, like, this is the person I want to spend the rest of my life with? For me, um, not just because he was cute and had his nice spiky hair, mm-hmm. um, but I just really liked that he was fun, mm-hmm. he had a great personality, and um, that he really liked kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, we met doing that children's camp, and children were very important to me. Yeah. And so knowing how much he enjoyed um, spending time with kids and interacting with them, that was important to me. Mm-hmm. That's so, good. Yeah. You know, for me, um, obviously, I'd never, I would tell people I'd never been in love before. And so pretty quick into this relationship, I felt something very different. 
And I often go backwards in time, and when I, I reflect on that, when did I know that first summer? We were sitting at a booth at um, Grandy's. Uh-huh. This was a chicken place in, okay. in Texas. Like Grandy's Fried or... Chicken. Okay. Yeah, yeah kind of like a church's chicken, but it was a sit-in restaurant, and we were sitting in a booth uh, eating uh, chicken fried steak mm. with the brown original mm-hmm. gravy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and it was just in this, in this yeah. ordinary moment that I felt like this is just comfortable. This is somebody I could see growing old with. This is somebody that I would want to move forward with. Now, the flip side of it was I was scared to death of like marriage. Marriage for me was like, I don't know if I'm even going to ever get married. Hmm. And the context of that was uh, my mom had been married seven times. Mm -hmm. My dad had been married three times. So we lived in the same home in Phyllis Court right there in Irving, we never moved, but men kind of came and went through our home uh, throughout my high school years, even into college. Yeah. And so for me, I was thinking, man, if that's what marriage is, I don't know if I'm ready for that. I don't know if I can even commit to something like that because I don't want that. I don't want that divorce. I don't want that revolving door. So, um, you know, even though we had dated a year and even though I proposed a year into this this uh, this relationship. Uh, We were young. I mean, we were 22 when we got married. Uh, I was 22. I married an older woman, sugar mama. She's 23. (laughs) But we were young when we got married. But yet in that, uh, I can remember even even we even called off the engagement. I did because I was scared of, Mm -hmm. can I make marriage work? Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, And so in the middle of all that, like, you know, thinking about your past and going through that, um, but then realize like this was like the love you experienced for the first time. Um, you know, you, I mean, even though it broke off, like you came back and said, you, you proposed, Pam, you said yes. And you guys got married. Was it still in Texas where you got married? Yes, yes, yes. And then, you know, oftentimes I think after, you know, when a, a couple, they're actually merging their lives together. Uh, that first year I've heard can be so challenging for people. What was that first year like for you guys? I mean, was it perfect bliss? I mean, everything, Pam did everything perfectly. You know, Todd was like a, that long flowing hair that he had. Was it still beautiful? I mean, what was that first year of, of life like for you guys when you first got married? Uh, I mean, uh, I do remember that we had quite a few disagreements. Um, but it's because we were going to, or we grew up differently in the respect of where we went to church. Um, I grew up Methodist, he grew up Baptist, mm-hmm. and you wouldn't think it's that big of a deal, but, you know, and that's something we probably should have done a better job maybe talking about before marriage. Yeah. Um, but it was very difficult for us to figure out which church we wanted to end up staying. Pam, at. obviously the answer was Baptist. Well, so yeah. just, just kidding. We're for, we're for one more. <laughs> you love Jesus. We love Jesus. We do. We do. Yeah. But there's just certain things that... He struggled with within the Methodist Church, and I kind of struggled with with the Baptist Church, mm-hmm. but we able we were able to finally work through that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something I try to um, point out to my kids that those are even little things that you wouldn't think would be a big deal, yeah. but you should talk about those things. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think for for me, I'm a first generation Christian. I didn't grow up doing church thing. My neighbors 
are the ones who impacted my life and invited me to go. So and when I was in middle school is when I made that commitment to Christ, when Jesus found me, saved me, and I began with Him. And so for me, uh, that pursuit was important. Regardless of a denomination, to me, it was about relationship with Christ. Yeah. And actually, when we got married, we began to go to a church that neither one of us had gone to, grown up at. Uh, we ended up going to a church right there in Irving that I later ended up becoming on staff, and I ended up becoming the junior high pastor there. And kind of the reason that got drawn there is when a good friend of mine was the youth pastor there and said, hey, I'd love for you to come and come be a part of this, this youth ministry with me. And so I began as a volunteer. We began to kind of come together, and then through that, I ended up getting on staff there at that church. But I think those early years that she's kind of talking about, I think there's a lot of tension. You go from two different families and now you step into this life together. Um, What she didn't share with you is I wasn't finished with college yet. I still had to student teach. So I wasn't officially a graduated student yet. She was my breadwinner. She was my sugar mama, so to speak. She was uh, a director of a day school Mm -hmm. and I was working part-time for the recreation center that we met at. Mm -hmm. I was working part-time there. And so that first year financially was challenging uh, and even trying to figure out what's going to happen beyond graduation. Well, six months into our marriage, I graduate from college and then I end up getting more long-term sub jobs leading into an education job because the next year I became a full-time teacher and that was what I stepped out of college to do. Yeah. And then shortly after that, I began seminary. So kind of it was a lot shaping yeah. in, the, in those early years together. Absolutely. So, Yeah. Do you guys feel like, um, you know, graduating college and then stepping into ministry, was there a lot of transition that happened in those early years too? Or do you feel like life was pretty stable in those first couple of years where you being married? Yeah. I mean, there were some changes. It's funny. Somebody just asked me recently because uh, they said, I, you know, I couldn't ever be a pastor's wife. And I said, well, I didn't marry a pastor. <laughs> I actually married a student mm-hmm. who was supposed to be a PE teacher. And a coach. I was going to coach basketball. Coach. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so I think it was giving So he tricked you, huh? He did trick me. He probably me. knew that all along behind the scenes. Uh, so. Well, I should have seen it coming. It's it. What did we say? It's a little bit like the frog in the pot with the slow boil. Like uh-huh. he just said, well, hey, I have this opportunity to do part-time for junior high. And then, hey, what if I go full-time? And then, yeah, it was just a little bit, a little bit. And so, yeah, no, I just kind of, okay, okay. Uh-huh. And just kind of went along with it yeah. for sure. That's good. That's good. You know, I, um, I tricked my wife, too. I told her I was going to be a doctor, though. Oh, but then I knew this calling trick. was on my life the entire time. So ha, we both fooled them. So <laughs> good stuff right there. So. <laughs> hey, guys, let's, uh, let's fast forward. So I know, um, I know you were living in Texas all this time, merging your life together, stepping into ministry. And then, you know, you got a call to, uh, or at least a, a connection to come and interview for a, a youth pastor position here at the Mount here in Stafford. Um, and I, I remember, I remember Todd, you tell this story about how you didn't win Husband of the Year award that year uh, because Pam had just had your third child. Uh, you came up here to interview um, during that time. But what was that? What was that like? And I'll start with you, Pam. What was that like for you when you transitioned from Texas to Virginia? Like, what was that transition like for you? Um. Yeah, I, I think it was kind of hard, but I don't. I didn't realize how hard it was going to be. I had a lot going on then. Yeah. Um, I mean, we suddenly had three kids. 
Our oldest was starting... Wait, suddenly you had them all at once. Well, <laughs> all right, Mr. Funny Guy. Um, no, we had three kids, though, under the age of six because mm-hmm. Hannah was just starting uh, kindergarten, and then I still had Sydney at home and a baby. And when we moved here, our house in Texas wouldn't sell, mm-hmm. so we moved into a two-bedroom apartment, and we had a dog. So it was just a lot. And then um, my parents, who had been married for over 30 years... Um, they had just finalized their divorce right before we moved here. And so I think moving, never had moved before. You know, you come here and people are all military yeah. and they're all like, all well, how many times have you moved? And I was like, this is my first time. Yeah. First time? I mean, they can't even imagine it. Yeah. Um, so it was a lot. It was a lot. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't realize, I think I was suffering from some depression, actually, just mm-hmm. from so much that was going on. Yeah. Um, and a lot was going on within Stafford and within um, Virginia itself with, you know, Todd likes to joke, we had, that's when we had the uh, shooter. D.C. Sniper. Yeah, D.C. Yeah. Sniper. Uh, all up and down in the had yeah. that hurricane that year. We um, had the snowstorm yeah. of the century here. And all these things were happening, yeah. and he could still go off to work every day. And I had been working, but then once we moved here, I since we had three small kids and yeah. stuff, I just said, oh, I'm going to stay at home for that year. So it was just a lot. Yeah. Um, it was a lot for me. Yeah. For sure. Understandable. I mean, especially with not just everything, the transition moving from you know, being in the same place for a while, but now coming to a new place. And it seems like the environment was going crazy mm-hmm. during that time as well. So, so yeah. What about you, man, transitioning from Texas to Virginia? Yeah, and, and I think part of what she's sharing, I mean, is, is right on. And the fact that we were looking now for our new support, who yeah. is going to be our structure here. You know, again, we, we knew that our families were in some messy situations. We knew they were a little bit toxic, but you don't realize how toxic till you move out of that situation and now you move here. We joked that first year we were here, nobody called. Our phone never rang. I mean, not even telemarketers didn't know our number. And it was kind of refreshing uh, to kind of bring it down out of that kind of that mode. But yet I had purpose. I was getting up and I was heading to work and I was trying to build a new ministry and working all that. And Pam was kind of left a little bit uh, feeling isolated, you know, trying to help, you know, raise our little ones as well as trying to help manage us as we're trying to find our way here. It's hard to think about that now because, you know, we can flash forward now 18 years later and see all the fruit and see God's presence in it all and how God has grown us, but all how God's used us to minister to our families even afar. So um, we can now look backwards. And I think it's always easier to look backwards Mm -hmm. and to see the footprints of God. But sometimes when you're walking forward in it, it's really a day by day trusting God with your daily bread. And so uh, in a lot of ways, that was kind of our great move of courage to take a step of faith like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. And that's a perfect transition to my, my next question. You know, you guys now have been married 28 years. Mm-hmm. And really, in some ways, in, in our culture nowadays, it's almost a miracle. But it's a it's such a great testimony. And from at least from everything I can tell you guys, still love each other um, you're still pursuing one another and I guess that like the one of the last questions I just wanted to ask you is you've been married 28 years um, through great love and great joy through tragedy um, through stressful times in your life through difficult circumstance um, to now being almost empty empty nesters um, 
how has Jesus made a difference in all of that time? Like, how has he made a difference where, you know, you're still in love with each other today, 28 years later? You want me to start first? Uh, I I just think just it's the little things, I guess, that you don't realize um, when you're just struggling and all of a sudden scripture will come to your head yeah. or just... Um, a song may come on the radio that you needed to hear at that very moment. Um, but definitely, I mean, with everything from that beginning of that transition um, when we moved here, but even before that, um, when it was, you know, we tried to have kids and we couldn't, it was just always, it's amazing um, that we've always, something's always been able to come to me. Um, and so it's not necessarily me seeking it out, but it always, um, it it can't just suddenly would come to my mind, I guess. Yeah. Oh yeah, like his, his presence was always with right. you in like every right. single step of the way. That's right. good. Right. Yeah, that's good. You know, I think, you know, you know, I look at some of maybe from our past and our family's mistakes, and I think what's the difference maker in our lives? I would say the foundation of Jesus being in our life is the difference maker um, because you know, we know how vulnerable marriage is. I mean, I look at 28 years and I want to go, yay, 28 years. But man, every year is a commitment. Every yeah. year is a new I do. Yeah. And and we know every year has been a different stage for us to, to trust Jesus in mm-hmm. and to keep walking in faith together. Um, I can't imagine doing life with anybody but Pam. I mean, our friendship together, the things that we've gotten to share as, as, as partners in life. And, you know, one of the things that we haven't really maybe said out loud, well, we have three daughters, but about three years ago, um, we invited our nephew into our family, into, into our home. Uh, tragedy had hit my heart, my, my family, and my wife and I, you know, said, you know, let's make this possible. Let's, let's try to help, you know, Eli and his trajectory forward in the future. I have been so blessed watching Pam in action with our three girls, but even more watching her with Eli. I mean, she's just an amazing mom. And uh, for me, she uh, shows me what compromise looks like, what forgiveness looks like, what grace and mercy is practiced like. Uh, I'm not the easiest person to live with. Um, I can let insecurities and fears and frustrations come out. And a lot of times what I carry, I bring home. And yet she knows how to navigate that with me. And she, I think, brings a softness to me because I want to to connect well with her because of what Christ is doing in our life and in our home and in our marriage. So, um, you know, we're not here to pretend that we're different because we're in ministry. Matter of fact, I'm glad that we can kind of remove uh, the mystery of us being on any kind of pedestal to kind of be, man, they're not much different than we are because yeah. we are not. We're not, you know. I do a lot of the outside stuff in terms of mowing the grass and taking care of those things, but, you know, we do things together. I mean, we try to keep our home together. We cook together. We fold laundry together. She probably does the lion's share of managing our family and our kids, but I don't want to be on the outside of that. I want to be right there with them doing those things together, the ordinary and seeing the extraordinary in it. So, um, you know, again, I, I, I like the fact that you're interviewing us today. I don't know if we're giving you what you exactly wanted, but Jesus Christ is making a difference in our lives personally, but collectively in our marriage, in our family, in our home. And I can't, I can't imagine doing life with anybody but you. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, that's really good, guys. You know, I, I appreciate you taking the time. I know for me personally, 
Um, you know, you guys have been an example of what it means to not not necessarily be perfect, but to show um, progress and just the uh, permanence and love too. Let's just see how uh, over the years, like you can, it's like you said, continue to make that commitment because of what Jesus has done um, and to go through thick and thin together. So I know you've been a great example um, to me um, as well. In fact, I was telling my wife the other day that um, if our kids turn out anything like the Gaston kids, oh, and again, I know, I know, I know they're not perfect. Highlight I understood that. The highlight reel. Look, I understand that. I understand that. But there's something to be said about Jesus, how your yeah. kids love the Lord. I think that's a testimony to the difference that Jesus has made in your lives. Okay, so I, I appreciate you guys, and I know like this will encourage people. Let them know, hey, you guys are everyday people, and you've trusted the Lord. And you've been through it all, but because of him, like you continue and that love has grown. So thank you guys for joining us on the show today. Okay. Thank you. Hey, um, thank you guys for watching today. Hey, just so you know, uh, our very next episode, we're going to have Jason and Lakin Cheese Jail. I think I said their last name right, but they are missionaries to PNG. And let me just tell you, that episode is going to encourage your faith. So again, don't mix an episode as we continue to ask the question, hey, what's the difference that Jesus is making in your life? Thank you for tuning in to What's the Difference? Click on subscribe to make sure you get the next episode with Pastor Andrew. Connect with us for more resources and information on how you can make a difference at mtarrat.org. See you at the mouth.